0: would please turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2 we're looking at the first 10 verses I shared with the Sunday school class that I want to finish with this text verses 1 through 3 I know last week I spent the message on two words so I'm going to do three verses I normally teach on between 5 and 10 pages of notes right now I have 20 the reason is I don't want to deal with this topic when I come back. So it is purely selfish on my behalf. If you would, please follow in the reading of the word of God. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them... We too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. We were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, but so that no one may boast. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Father, help us to hear the magnitude of this text and the overwhelmingness that you have shown me. Father, I know I cannot articulate. And yet, Father, I pray that your spirit will teach my brothers and my sisters this day. Father, help them to understand the battle. But, Father... I think my this my soul's passion this day is that we will walk from this place understanding how miraculous salvation truly is and that if nothing else ever happened, that should be enough. Father, you overwhelm me that you've made us spiritually alive, the resurrection of our spirit. And Father, the more I look at this, the more I realize that is even greater. Than a bodily resurrection. To you, my King, we love you. In Christ's name, amen. Last week we looked at dead in. Okay? Dead. A dead thing cannot respond to any stimuli. I don't care whether the stimuli is pain, I don't care if the stimulus is love and compassion. I don't care if it's forgiveness, a dead thing cannot respond, has no ability. But the other tragedy is a dead thing doesn't know it's dead. People who do not know Christ don't know they're dead. They are spiritually dead. Okay, I gave you the word in, in, locative sphere, it is a position. They can't get out of it. Why? Uh, they're dead. They have no way to get out of it. Alright? So when you find out that you are alive in Christ. Do you realize the magnitude of that miracle? That's astonishing to me. It will be astonishing to you once I get through these two verses. Because... It is staggering to think about what God has done through Jesus Christ. And when the Apostle Paul is in such amazement that we are in Christ, he understood that before that we were dead in our sins and trespasses. Okay? So now I'm in Christ. Guess what? Locative sphere. What does that mean? Positionally, where am I? In Christ. In Christ. And he proves that and seals that by giving you and I the manifestation of his body in this day and age in this thing we call the church. All right? Let's get into the text. Because we will all be famished by the time I get done. Because I am famished now and I'm just getting started. All right. Verse one, you were dead in your trespasses and sin. Trespass, paracatois, paracatois. Slip, fall, stumble, or go the wrong way. Paracatois, trespasses. Slip, Fall, stumble, or go the wrong way. The word sins. Harmakea, Here we all know that one. It's a hunting term. Missed the mark. Aimed high, hit low. Aimed low, hit high. But I never hit a bullseye. Listen, both of these are true of man. Okay? And if, if, if if you're really honest with it, it... It's two ways of looking at the same thing. But I want you to note something that was interesting to me. Both words are plural. Okay? That is the totality of sinfulness. That is the result of the deadness. I shared with you last week out of Ephesians 4. That is what it is to be alienated from God. You can't hit the mark. And at best you're just going to slip. Or you're going to fall. Or you're going to stumble. Or if you get really lucky, you're just going to go the wrong way. Alright? That is the total sinfulness of the walking dead. Alright? Missing the mark. Let me deal with this. Because, you know, I have gone through this. I've got a book in my office. It's about that thick. A regular-sized book, hard, hard copy. About that thick, okay? You know what the title of the book is? Sin. And when I got the book, I kept thinking, I sure thought it would be bigger than that. If you're going to write a book on sin. I've not read all of it. I've kind of hit and missed into it because it's one of those wonderful reading things. Missing the mark, missing the target. okay? Who sets the target? God does, All right? So to miss it, what it's saying is, there is a failure to hit God's target. All right? Romans chapter three, verse 23, Romans 3:23. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Got it? Now you got to get a hold of this. This is going to take some thinking. All right. It is a failure to miss the mark. It is a failure to what? Glorify God. Chapter one's of Romans. When they knew God, they glorified him not. Okay. Brothers and sisters, you know what that is? That is Sin. That is sin coming short of the glory of God is sin coming short of glorifying God is sin. That is why you were alienated. Someone is a sinner. Now, listen, you got to get a hold of this. Someone is a sinner and they're not all on the same level of depravity. Okay, they're not on the same level of rottenness. All right, you could have 20 corpses and they're all going to be in varying points of decay. Listen, in humanity, they are all dead. They are all in varying levels of decay. We look at a Jeffrey Dahmer and we say, "What's well, awful. Really? Compared to what? Compared to what? Compared to the fact that I just broke the speed limit? That's how you look at it. I can look at it this way. If I break the laws of man, do you know what I just did? Well, I can tell you what I didn't do. I didn't glorify God. Sin is a question not of decay, but falling short of something. That's sin. All right? We under, listen, we understand big sinners. We can spot him a mile away. He stole a car. That's a big sinner. He committed adultery. She committed adultery. That's a big sinner. What about the guy who's sitting there coveting? We're going through Leviticus and you read through that and you think, man, what a serious pain in my rear end. I mean, I got to make sure that it's not a blemished animal for this, and this is a free will offering for that, and this is a thankful offering, for, and I got to make sure this, and I got to make sure this is—I didn't get this calf from a foreigner, and I got—and I got to do this, and I can't eight days before I can offer this one up, and I, and then you go through all of these things, you know, and you can't—don't touch a woman if she's ministrating. You—you go what? What am I supposed to do? Hide. Just go hide. Listen, sin has more to do with what you don't do than what you do. Got that? What we fail to do. All right? You fail to come to the glory of God. That is the essence of your sinfulness. You fail. Matthew's gospel, chapter 5, verse 48. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. There's your target. Guess what? That's where we fail. First Peter, chapter 1. Verse 16, 1 Peter chapter 1, 16. Be holy, for I am holy. You go through the, what we've been reading in Leviticus. What is that to tell you? Be holy. What does that mean? Be set apart. You know, I was going through years ago in a study of the dietary laws under Judaism. And I was like, man. But you know what I've came to a realization was? You know, we look at that and we think, man, you can't have bacon and you can't do this. All right, but look at the time, the age that he was writing that. Do you all of that was all for your health? You how long are you going to keep a piece of pork? You can't do it. You go through the dietary laws of Judaism and you realize that he was doing that for personal health. I mean, it's no different than... Because I remember reading at one time, I don't want you to wear cotton and wool together. What? Yeah, don't wear cotton and wool together. Why? Well, if you're in the desert, think about that for a second. I got the cotton on, it's going to keep me cool, and I got the wool on, and it's going to get what? and you're going to, yep, and it's going to itch you, and you are going to be miserable. And I'm doing it for your own sanity, fool. You can't meet His glory. You can't meet His holiness, and you can't meet His perfection, and those are the targets. So when it says, you have sinned, guess what? You missed. See, that's where we miss, that's where we fail. Try to be holy. Just do it. I'll give you five minutes. Be holy for five minutes. Okay, listen... You, there are different levels of morality. Amen. Okay, But there are even different levels of depravity. Amen. But we all fall short. Let me give you an illustration. Have you ever seen the Grand Canyon? Okay. I mean, most of us have at least seen a picture, right? Some of us have actually been there. I'll tell you what. God will save you if you can stand on the south rim and jump to the north rim. And God will even say, hey, I'll even let you use advice, a tool. If you want to use a trampoline, a springboard, hey, if you want to use a car. I tell you what, be very adventurous and get you a really hot motorcycle. Okay? That's what it means to miss the mark. You might be able, look, he made it halfway. But you still fell in a very serious ditch of sin. And yet that's what we think we're doing. Do you see how abhorrent religious systems are to God? If you do this, what? You're still going to hit the same ditch the same ditch we all fall short some it, jumping the grand canyon is the same thing in the spiritual realm okay there are different levels that you will attain in human life there's you know they they were pretty good people there are different levels of morality you know what i know people who have never been divorced but i would not want their marriage Okay? are you just look at it and go, yeah, maybe you ought to try divorce. Well, we can't divorce. I'll oh, well, then go with suicide. See what I'm trying to get at? Because you look at some of this stuff and say, well, yeah, but I'm well, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. You could have this level of morality, so what? So what? You still miss the mark. Do you know I understand? And I use marriage because do you realize that marriage is supposed to be a direct representation, manifestation of Christ in the body of Christ? Did you know that? Why do you think he's talking about the wedding feast of the bride? What was that? That's us. And our marriages should reflect what is coming in the future. How are we doing with that? Oh, I missed. Well, you should get a faster car if you're going to get across the Grand Canyon. No one gets to the glory of God. No one. Do you realize how amazing that is in light of Jesus' prayer in John 17? No one gets to the glory of God. No one and Jesus in his prayer says, My glory I give them. Do you know what it means to be have your righteousness imputed to your account? Do you see the difference of being in trespasses and sin, and now you are in Christ? No one gets to be perfect. No one gets to holiness. That's why only in Jesus Christ, when his righteousness is put into our accounts, is it done. Only. And people say, well, I would like to see a miracle. Then get saved. It is not so much that sin is what I do. But sin is what I fail To do. Trying to jump. To perfection. Trying to jump. To holiness. And I don't make it. And I still land in what? The same ditch of Jeffrey Dahmer. Or Adolf Hitler. Or Joseph Stalin. Or Pol Pot. Or Mousy Tongue. You get the same ditch. And it's very deep. Listen. Listen. Sinner's behavior, my behavior, is simply what is left when I can't make it to God's standard. It's all that's left. It's all that's left. We must know this. We must know this. This is why when people tell me that, you know, I'm saved, and I'll ask them, what were you saved from? A lot of times we meet, or we we might meet someone, or we might hear about good people. That's good people. Have you ever introduced that? You know, I, I want you to introduce you. this. Here's good people. Okay. Maybe they're humanitarian. This 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 guy here, he's a good guy. Maybe civilly, they are good. They they do a lot in their communities. You know, they really so it's, it's just amazing to watch the way they take care of their family. It's amazing to see how generous they are, to see how kind they are, how wonderful they are. And let me tell you something. That's a good way to be, okay. But let me share with you what the Lord said about it, okay. Luke's gospel, chapter 6, verse 33. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? You know what he says after that? For even sinners do the same. Oh, wow. Sinners are good to each other? Yeah. People do good to each other? Well, yeah. see, Jesus said people who do good to each other are still called sinners. So we need to know this. Sinning is not the issue of what you are doing to one another. Listen, sinning is not a relational thing when King David had Uriah murdered and impregnated his wife. If you go through the 50 series of Psalms, read through that. David came, he got caught with his hand in the proverbial cookie jar, a murderer and an adulterer. And you know what he said? Against you and you alone, oh Lord my God, I have sinned. Now I bet you Uriah said, well, wait a minute here. I was the one that was murdered. But he understood that the sin was not relational. The sin was against God. I have met people who believe they are all right because they do good to people. I collect clothes. I give to charity to Hurricane Harvey and Irma and Maria and. You know, I'm going to take up a a collection and send some money out there to California. Listen, that's not the point. The point is what you're not doing. You don't live a holy life. Think about that for a second. I live a life that's set apart from the world. Really? Really? And you do it so well that you're perfect. See, remember what the standard You break any part of this law, you're guilty of what? All of it. Why did Jesus say, if you look at a woman with lust, you have committed adultery? Why? That's my standard of holiness. That's my standard of glory. That's my standard of perfection. That... Is your target? Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 13. I want you to think about this verse, okay? Because when I stumbled across this, you're like, oh, wow, man. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? People give good gifts. People give good gifts to their children. And yet Jesus calls them what? Evil. Evil people can give good gifts. Okay. See, evil is manifest by what they don't do. What they can't do because they are the walking dead. They cannot reach the standard of the glory of God. They can't. It's impossible. It doesn't matter what your religious system. I don't care if you memorize the the Bible from cover to cover. My computer does it better than you can. And it's not saved. The barbarian people showed kindness to the Apostle Paul after his shipwreck. That's what he called them. Great kindness to the Apostle Paul after his shipwreck. And they were only barbarians. Listen, good works is not the issue. Okay, being a good parent, being a good neighbor, being a good employee is not the issue. All right. Let me give you the issue. God sets his standard. His glory, his holiness, his perfection. Okay, it's. it's, I just had this conversation this week with a group of pastors. It's probably a good thing I'm leaving the country. They several of them were saying we're getting ready to start having a second service on Sunday and it will be our contemporary and the one group is mad. They said, Well, if there's guitars or there drums or I'm out of here. And I they were all all talking about it, and I finally said, "Can I ask you a question?" They said, they hate it when I do that, but when at what point in history did worship become music based what Well wasn't David a musician? he wasn't a priest. And they're all just like, oh, uh, uh, uh. I just want to know where that came from. Why? Because you know what you just did? You just said, God, this is how I'm going to worship you. Go ask Eli about his two sons who said, I, We will worship contemporary as God struck them dead. Why? It ain't your standards, it ain't your target. It is God's target. Okay, John's Gospel, chapter sixteen, verse eight. Speaking now, this is the what they call the Upper Room discourse. He's getting ready to be executed. He ends this little group from thirteen to seventeen, and then he prays in seventeen, and then he, they go out, and he gets arrested, and then is tried and crucified. Okay. John 16, 80, speaking of the, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, and he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And we all go, amen, amen. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Okay? Why? Concerning sin, he says in verse 9. Concerning sin. We really should pay attention when that statement is made. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in Me. You can't hit the target because you do not believe in Him. The Holy Spirit will convict it And what of sin. And what is sin? Again, sin is not doing something. It's not what you do. It's what you're not doing. You're not living to the glory of God. You're not living to the holiness of God. You're not living to the perfection of God. Because you are not believing in Jesus Christ. No matter what else you do. Just far from the goal. And the goal is perfection. And the problem is men are dead. They are dead in there, missing the mark. Missing the mark. It's an inability to reach God's standard. And He's good at it because He stumbles. And He falls. And He slips. And He goes the wrong way. Because He can't respond to any stimulus. Because of his deadness. Listen. Are you getting a picture yet. Of the total inability. To accomplish God's standard. If not. Go get you a nice car. And head to the Grand Canyon. Or get you a bad car. All right. Even when we sometimes show moral goodness, you still have not hit the mark. You still have not reached God's glory. You still have not reached God's holiness. And you still have not reached perfection. Our text again in verse 2. I want to show you how hopeless this thing is. Verse two, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Okay, what is the environment these dead people are functioning in? What is the sphere of this trespasses and sin? Dead man wandering through existence what is this sphere that they are functioning well it says the course of the cosmos course of this world that is this age this age this world this age they are walking in its course you are not only dead before jesus christ but you are functioning as a dead walking, doing sin and trespasses according to the course of this world. That is the sphere of your influence. Unbelievers are a victim of the spirit of this age. Okay? In this... (laughs) You'll have to excuse me. This is a little rabbit trail for me, but I hear this a lot. Man's free will. We do what we want. We make our own decisions. Not according to that text. That text there says this world dictates your walk. It instructs you on where you should go, how you should get there, and how you should act when you arrive. And it is according to the course of this cosmos, this cosmos, this world. Okay, It's not necessarily the physical world. You know what? What I have watched, and the church has bought hook, line, and sinker, it would seem, is that it's more of the ideological world of sin. When I can get pastors say, okay, how are we going to deal with our people now that they're smoking pot and it's legal? What? Abortion's legal. What are we gonna do with that one? Man says it's legal, therefore it must be right? Really? Check out idolatry. God always embraces people in idolatry. And you know what that is? That's anything that I put in front of God. Okay? It can be alcohol. It could be men. It could be women. It can be pot. Cocaine. Go down the list. It's all idolatry. This is more important to me than God. Remember, I shared this last week. This is a concept that I don't think the church has any clue of yet. That we look at sin as a reward. I've accomplished fill in the blank and therefore I can... da da Sin. It's the conceptual world of sin. That is what the course of this world is. You think about it. In my generation, just the things that I have seen change listen uh, do you guys remember uh, I dream of Jeannie okay do you know that they used to say you can't show her belly button now that wasn't that was in the 60s now I'd give anything if that was all I saw And I, you just sit there and go, well, no, "This is nuts." Why? What has the world done? Okay, I have changed the concept of sin, and a lot of this is a reward. Reward. It is a system of evil. What was once wrong is now. Right, What is once right was now wrong. And you know what? Man lives in it and generates the system. Listen, it is all about you. Look, tell me I'm wrong. It is all about you. What is your needs? What is your desires? And yet I look at it as... Dead men walking. If they get this, they arrive at this, they achieve this, then what? Well, I want more. I want bigger. I want better. They indulge the sins of the time. You know what? I've watched mankind in my years. And one of the things I have seen... He keeps current on sin. Not only does He keep current, He likes to get out there and be on the cutting edge. The world's standards, the world's values. And He's patient. He conducts Himself in complete harmony with the spirit of the age, with the spirit of the time. Go... I brought this up meeting with pastors this week. I brought this up and I said, 10 years ago, if you'd have seen somebody coming out of a church building. And you asked them, did they worship? If they said yes, and you asked them, how do you know you worshiped? What would they have said to you? 10 years. The word of God was proclaimed. Ask him today. What would they say? The music made the hair on my arm stand up. I wonder where that ideology came from. Listen. Dead men walking. Zombies. Does what the world does. Because this age, this world, is alienated from God. Not only that, he has a mind that is alienated from God. And the dead man walking, and the course of this world, this system, this age, this time, they are in harmony with each other. Listen, he walks, lost people walk in a sphere of sin in the spirit of the age. All right? The cosmos is where Satan dominates. Okay? In case you think I'm making that up. John's Gospel, chapter 12. John's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 31. Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Listen, this world pressures man to follow it. And you know what? Man has absolutely no ability whatsoever to resist it. He can't do it. He does what the world system tells him to do. Listen, that is the depth. That is the pure definition of total depravity. The walking dead. The walking dead. They can't respond to the stimulus. They're walking in trespass and sin into the spirit of this age. And they're doing it in total depravity. They may have a degree of morality, but understand this. They are following the course of what? Of this world. Doesn't mean that people don't do good things. But it does mean that you are locked in a sphere, in a a circle, that you have absolutely no ability to escape. None whatsoever. Walking dead says here back in our text, the spirit of this age. What the heck is that? I can defeat that. I can defeat the spirit of this age. I know I can do it. Tell me what it is. No, you can't. You can't do it. I can tell you what it is. I give it to you. in three, three things that fit it and can probably encompass the whole spirit of the age. You ready? Humanism, materialism, and of course, Sex. It all fits in those three. Okay. Humanism. Do it your way. You are the one. You are the. You're it. You're the focus. Listen. They never appreciated me. They don't give me attaboys. Really? I mean, I can go get it. You can have it your way if you go to McDonald's or Burger King. That's the spirit of the age. That's humanism. You're important. Treat yourself right. You need this. You deserve this. Materialism. You have to have it. And I have to have more, even if I get it on a 23% interest credit card. But I had to have it. Name it. Fill in the blank. Listen, we have an industry, one of our largest industries in this country is that you have to have it. Advertising. Advertising. Selling advertising. Why are you selling advertising? Because I want to relieve you of your money. And you need one of these. You deserve one of these. You are overdue deserving one of these. Do I need to say anything about sex? Dude, sex sells hamburgers, cars, kittens, puppies, tools, boats, houses. Sex sells everything. And let's be realistic. It is all over the place. All over the place. I remember years ago, a guy named Billy Graham. This would have been the. Early 70s. I think I was still in high school. Early 70s. And I remember because I didn't like Billy Graham. I thought he was very judgmental. I thought he was mean-spirited. And he just didn't realize young people. And I remember him making a statement. He made two statements that always stuck in my mind. This is before I'm saved, all right? Just in case you're wondering. One. Quote. We don't have the morals of a barnyard. Unquote. That was in the 70s. Check it out now. Okay. You know what the other one was? I I don't even remember what I was watching. It wasn't one of his crusades because I would have never watched one of his crusades in the 70s. I think it was an interview or something. He says, God... Now this is in the 70s. God is going to owe Sodom and Gomorrah an apology if he doesn't do something with San Francisco. Do you know that in San Francisco right now, you can walk around butt naked and you can even eat in the restaurant as long as you have a towel to sit on? That's the law. You can do it. Listen, I'm going to do this as tactfully as I can. That's a bunch of people need to wear more clothes. Okay, because there's a lot of people out there think they look good naked. They don't. Okay. And I'm sitting there going, no, 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 no. I don't. Well, would you like to go to Fisherman's Wharf? No. What if I came around the corner? I mean, I have seen the, the yoga pants. No. Don't wear them out. There's probably a handful of people on the planet that say, okay, that works. And the rest of you are like, oh my God. But see what our society is? We just just look at it. I went to the gym the other day, Friday. And there's evidently a bodybuilding show going on someplace in Wyoming. And all these people are going to it. I didn't realize there was if I'd have known that, I'd have never taken up this gym. <laughs> you guys, because me and this retired fireman are in there. We got our sweatpants on. <laughs> and anyway, we're sitting there. They're walking around. The men are walking around in speedos, and the girls are walking around in bikinis and in, in, in high heels. And I'm sitting there going, because I look look over at Sean and says, "Yo, dude, are we overdressed? <laughs> Did somebody move this thing to the beach and nobody told me?" Okay. And I just looked at it and I was like, "That's and they're all standing in front of the mirror doing this. The guys and the girls and you're sitting there going, God, that's gross. But you know what? Listen, this is in Elizabeth. It's not like I'm in San Francisco or L.A. I'm in Elizabeth, Colorado. This used to be a cow town. You never saw a cowgirl walk around posing in front of a mirror? Listen, humanism, materialism, and sex are the spirit of this age. Okay? Listen, I want you to know this. This is the stuff that the system is selling. And the walking dead... Has nowhere else to go. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh. Pride of life. And you know what? It's a thousand percent successful. To the walking dead. So he buys. Whatever is being sold. And whatever the society does. And it grows the society. Because everybody wants to do it. And it's the proverbial snowball effect. Who's behind all of this? Verse 2. Prince of the power of the air. Arakas. Prince. Leader. Dominant one. He who leads the demons. He who breathes the influence. Listen, I want you to understand something. Because Satan and his demons get a bad rap. Bet you never thought I'd say that, did you? He does not indwell lost people. He does not have to. His demons do not have to. Okay? They came upon Judas and he indwelt Judas. Why? Look what Judas was getting ready to go do. Alright? He is behind the influence People in our society carry out his objectives, his lofty ideas raised up against the true knowledge of God, his speculations. And it doesn't matter. Listen, you get this good because it doesn't matter whether it's a secular response or a religious response response. Satan is up to his neck in both. That is the air. The air. It is The air is the realm of ideas. The air is the place of our attitudes. It is our conceptions. When you hear people speak of the world of sports. The world of sports. I remember when Mickey Mantle, I think, hit his 500th home run off of this pitcher. Mickey Mantle. I mean, he partied more than more normal human beings can even consider. And they wanted him to come out and take a bow and tip his hat. You know what? He wouldn't do it. 500 home runs, he says, let me tell you something. After the, after the game, they interviewed him, he says, let me tell you something. That pitcher out there that I hit that off of was doing his best too. I was doing my best, and I happened to make contact. So why should I get to acclaim claim for what he was trying to do his best at? Now get that out of a professional athlete today. You ain't going to get that out of there. I've given up on sports. Not all. I watch college football. The world of music. I love music. Listen to it. Go listen to Christian music. Most of the Christian music that I, I don't listen to it. Because most of the Christian music I listen to, I hear, could be played on any secular radio station. And you wouldn't know the difference. Do I need to mention the world of politics? Not even the world of religion. Satan is breathing and influencing all of these. And it's not just the globe. It's the ideology. Remember when we were looking at 2 Corinthians 10? Why? We fight against fortresses. He describes them. Speculations and lofty ideas. And so what was you're supposed to do, Christian? Take every thought captive to Christ. The system of ideas. The air is the same. He is not only functioning in the physical, but he also in the atmosphere, in the manifesting of ideas and speculations. He's promoting concepts. He's breeding ideas. He is behind the whole system. An ideology that is headed for hell. Listen to it today. The world of the walking dead has an atmosphere generated by the prince. The leader of that atmosphere. And that is Lucifer himself. And the result? He is the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience and all he has to do is this very simple very subtly has God said are you sure I heard somebody the other day that said well if you're gay God made you that way really Plato said that it was unnatural And I'm sure he was a godly man. No. The sphere that they are in, and he draws them into active disobedience of God because they are dead men walking, alienated from God. The realm of sinful thought, the air, the world's ideas, sinful ideas. And guess what? Mankind is disobedient to God and obedient to the course of this world. To God, they are disobedient because He is dead and He is locked in that sphere where He cannot respond obediently. Verse 3. Among them we too formerly lived. Okay? It's what the Apostle Paul says. You know what? When you came alive in Christ, do you realize what you were saved from? Do you realize the depth of that? He describes it here in verse 3. We were all like this. We were all following the course of this world. We were all following these speculation and lofty ideas. We all followed these. Because you know what? They had... They had good information behind some of this stuff. They would had to have, or they wouldn't have been that dogmatic. We all operated, as he says here, lusts of the flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh. Hmm. Wandering zombies through the system, influenced and controlled by Satan, disobedience in their functions and their response, it their only response is to their own flesh. Lust of the flesh. Th- that's epithumia. Lust of the flesh. That is passion. That is a strong passion. Epithumia. Okay. In this context, see epithumia by itself, lust by itself, is not evil. In its context, here, it's evil. Okay. To the desires of the flesh. Why? That is what the world system pushes to us. The desires of our flesh. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh to pride of life. Humanism, materialism, sex. To the desires of the flesh. Okay, the desires that you see there, the desires of the flesh, and thylima Okay, that's a drive. That's a drive. Okay, that is where my epithumia is acted on. I had the lust, but then I acted on it driven to fulfill these desires of the flesh. Listen, that is our fallen nature. Do you do you get a sense yet of the depth of our depravity? Alienated soul without God, physically in these vessels. Mentally Look what he says there. Desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Mentally in the mind, I'm driven and I'm drawn to functioning seamlessly with trespasses and sin. I don't even have to struggle with it. What a mess. What a mess. Walking dead. Overwhelmed. Locked in a sphere. Locked in an environment that they are absolutely helpless. So. Are you encouraged yet? Well, let me encourage you. Look at the first two words of verse four. But God. Look at the first two words of verse one. And you. One, two, and three is what? You. Verse four God. When I return, we shall finish. Father, I give you the praise that, Father, you did the greatest miracle ever by buying us out of the locked sphere of our sinfulness and our trespasses. Father, you woke us, you resurrected us in the spiritual life to your glory that we now may walk worthy of the high calling of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, you stun me over and over and over every time I get into this book. Father, I pray for these precious people, that they will, as the deer thirst at the brook, that each and every one of these people would be the same with your word. Understanding the sphere that we exist in is part of our struggle. And yet, Father, you, in you, we are more than conquerors. Thank you, my Lord, for this gracious text. But, Father, thank you for the passion of the Apostle Paul. And, Father, for the amazing things that you are doing at this very moment, globally, in the body of Christ. To you, my Savior and Lord. Amen.